my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. for just $60 per month. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 373 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. I am Kevin Huntsberger, and I am being joined this week by a guest who I, I honestly, I can't believe I have not had him on before because uh, we have some history together, and uh, because of that history, the 10-year anniversary of our match, it of course is Mike Masters of All-American Pro Wrestling and Stride Pro Wrestling, that match... The 10-year anniversary is coming up on January 14th, so later this week, I had to have him on and talk about it. Mike, welcome to the show. We were talking before we started recording how fast time has flown by since that match uh, twelve or 10 years ago in 2012. Oh, it's unbelievable. First of all, thank you for uh, letting me join the podcast. Absolutely. I, and like I said, it's been an oversight on my part, obviously, for, for this. And let's let's get uh, folks acquainted with you. Um. Some more recent fans probably remember your uh, your time with Stride Pro Wrestling, but you were with All American Pro Wrestling before that, and even before that. I, and I'll let you tell the story. But what kind of brought you into wrestling? How did you train? Where did you train? Who trained you? All right. Well, here we go. Uh, about a hundred years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was actually I was twenty twenty three or twenty four in Chicago. Okay. And. Um, I guess I should say I worked for Windy City Pro Wrestling. That's where I first started. I was out there for seven or eight years before I moved down here. But what got me into it is I was working in a nightclub as a bouncer, and a friend of mine that I hadn't seen for years came in and said that he joined Windy City Pro Wrestling. He said, you need to go up there and go talk to the promoter and join up. And I said, I'm not going to get on Windy City. I said, they're on television. I'm Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I said, there's no chance. So I decided to go. I went, I signed up, and then here we are today, 24 wow. years later. 24 years ago. So, you know, and you mentioned, you know, you said, look at me. And, and you know, from that time period in, in All-American Pro Wrestling, there were a handful of guys who kind of looked the part. And I think with independent wrestling, a lot of the times, you know, it is guys that maybe aren't uh, the biggest or the strongest or the fastest. I felt like you and, and Axe Allwart and Heath Hatton and, of course, Mississippi Madman, you guys all had that wrestler look. When you went to Windy City, did you 
were you intimidated? You know, obviously you went through the training and, and, and whatnot, but how were those experiences early on for you? Well, when I first got to Windy City, I was definitely intimidated. Mm-hmm. When I first started wrestling, like I said, I was only 24 years old. Um, I weighed about 143 pounds. Okay. And I definitely intimidation. Yeah. You know I mean, because a lot of these guys, you know, have been wrestling. I've seen them on TV in Chicago. And it was like, oh, crap, here I am. Let's see what happens. And through the years of going to the gym and training, I put on a little bit of size, learned some good character techniques. And my first, uh, the promoter for out there, his name was Sam DeCero. I'm sure you remember the Max brothers from the AWA days. Yeah. Mad Max and Super Max. Uh-huh, yeah. He was one of the Max brothers. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. And, um... Christopher Daniels, he was one of the trainers when I first got there. And um, I don't know, AEW, just last week, there was a guy on there, I think it was two weeks ago, he made his debut, uh, Vic Capri. Uh-huh. That, he was uh, he was, he was in Windy City the same time I was. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, these guys, I mean, they had, you know, they had a lot of talent, and I had to learn quick to get in the ring. You know what I mean? It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's not like out here, because out here, a lot of guys, they train for a couple weeks, and then promoters will start booking them, you know? Yeah. These little podunk places will start booking them, and they'll, you know, start learning the trade and hopefully be safe and keep other people safe. But up there, you didn't work unless you were trained by somebody with a name, and you had tapes to show what you can do. So now, did you do the training through Windy City, or did you have to seek that out uh, independently? No, it was all through Windy City. Okay, cool. Yeah, they uh, they had uh, different, you know what I mean? Like, you started off here, then you went, you know what I mean? Like, first couple weeks, I just basically ran ropes and uh-huh. took bumps, learned how to bump. Wow, that's awesome. You didn't really get into anything other than taking bumps and running ropes and getting the ribs used to being bruised. <laughs> So then what, uh, you know, you, you came to Southern Illinois now was, was AAPW the first company that you worked for when you moved down here to Southern Illinois? Yeah. Yeah. Actually I was in line buying tickets for me and my son to go see WWE in Carbondale. Okay. And I ran into, I heard someone talking about a show coming up out here and it turned out to be Edmund Livewire McGuire talking about it. Okay. And he told me, he goes, Hey. We got a show this week. I believe it was in Christopher was the first show I ever went to. Mm-hmm. He's like, you should come up there and talk to the promoter. So I talked to my wife about it because my boy at that time, Mikey was five, six, somewhere uh-huh. in that age group. And now he's 19. <laughs> but yeah, he was uh, wanting to go and I started talking to him. So I came home and talked to my wife. I said, well, Mikey said he'd really like to see me, you know, because he saw some of the magazines I was in and some oh, of the cool. other stuff, you know, some of the pictures I had. And he said, you know, he always asked me, would you ever do that again? I'm like, ah, probably not. And then I talked to Edmund, came up there, and I gave um, Sean Mm -hmm. one of my tapes, and he called me the very next day. He goes, we got a show in two weeks. You want to do it? Wow. (laughs) So that began my journey in All-American Pro Wrestling. Now, were you, because I I met you, uh, of course, when, when AAPW kind of expanded and went into TV. I was there as a fan. Um, years before that, and I and I think, and I may be remembering this incorrectly, but didn't you at one point have a, a gimmick where you were a baseball player? 
I did do that with my brother-in-law at times with the Furies. Okay, that that's okay because I remember specifically it was at Rent One Park. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, it, this was many years ago, and uh, yeah, the Furies were there, and that's where I, I I actually met the Mississippi Madman for the very first time. So, um, talk to me a little bit about the evolution of of Mike Masters then, because by the time I met you, you were full-fledged, you know, number one or number two in, in, in terms of, of the, the bad guys in the company. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, when I started in Windy City, they had me babying a lot. Mm-hmm. They had me doing baby work a lot because I used to bring a lot of people to the shows. Gotcha. And, you know, it just worked out better for the crowd going crazy when I came out instead of booing and hissing. <laughs> yeah. And they really never gave me an opportunity out there to actually ever do any heel work so the whole time i was in windy city i was a baby well no that's not true right at the very end they had me turn right before i moved out uh moved down here Uh from chicago but when i got out here i started doing the baby stuff again with sean because that's most of the footage i had was all baby work Uh so he had me tagging with uh jt calhoun and then when my brother-in-law started coming down here with the Furies, if he never had, you know, like if one of his partners couldn't make it or whatever, I would jump in and do it with him. And then that turned into me going up north and wrestling with him up there under the Fury gimmick. Okay. And once that kind of departed and he stopped coming down here so much, that's when I did the full turn out here into full heel and never looked back. <laughs> wow. And so this is then where our paths start to cross. I can remember it was, it was, it had to have been March of 2011. Uh, Chris Hagstrom had approached me and I, I had never met, I mean, Chris and I were, uh, I think we were Facebook friends and we may have met once or twice, but never like any kind of uh, surface uh, It was all very surface talk. It was never anything to where we got to know each other. And he had messaged me on Facebook and asked if I would be interested in um, doing commentary for All American Pro Wrestling, he was going to be doing it as a class project. They were going to record it, and it was going to go up on YouTube. But they were going to hopefully get it on TV. And he ended up talking to the general manager at WSIL um, at the time, and actually bought a, a slot on Saturday mornings and, and had it secured. And so. He had called me and, and said, you know, can I come in and, and promote the show? And I said, absolutely. And it went from that to, well, what if we brought in a couple of wrestlers and we have a little confrontation? And, you know, and, and I, I can remember Sean uh, uh, asking me, you know, Sean was the owner of, of AAPW. Uh, toward the end, he said, you know, how do you get away with all this on the news? And I said, I subscribe to the philosophy, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Because if I'd have gone to my boss with this idea, he would have shot it down so quick. But we just did it, and it happened, and it worked. But you, uh, well, of course, Heath Hatton comes in and uh, with, with Chris, and they're talking about the show coming up in April. And uh, we get interrupted by you. And yep. you're, you're, I mean, you know, you're all oiled up and you're like in full heel mode. And I can remember my, I, cause I told my coworkers, I'm like, this is what's going to happen, but nobody really knew what to expect. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, 
you went after Heath with a chair. I grab it from him and I end up whacking you with it. Yep. And <laughs> at the time, I didn't think much of it. I didn't know where it was going to go from there. And then I remember a, a couple months later, Chris telling me, what do you think about getting in the ring? And I was like, I mean, yeah, as a kid, obviously, <laughs> who doesn't want to be a wrestler, right? Yep. <laughs> but I'm like, no way, I can't wrestle. And he's like, no, you don't have, you know, blah. And he tells me, and I'm like, well, who would it be against? And he goes, Mike Masters. And I'm like, he would kill me. So from my perspective, I was, one, excited, but also frightened because, number one, you know, like you just said a few minutes ago, it's very, you know, you go through training and you do the bumps and you take the, you know, you hit the ropes and run the ropes. And I hadn't done any of that. And I'm like, there's no way. And so Chris was like, it'll be fine. It'll be safe. So I'm curious from your perspective and how how the idea was brought up to you. And I don't know if it was all part of that original idea of, of when you came into the studio and they just waited to tell me that or if if that <laughs> action ended up leading to this. Well, to be honest, that was never brought up prior to that. We talked about our little segment. And, you know, it's kind uh -huh. of funny is I 100 percent remember <laughs> you saying when we were there. Someone asked you about you getting approval, and you said, well, I guess it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission, and then we win. And I remember as soon as the segment ended, your phone rang. <laughs> I remember that. Because I remember I flew back there, and everyone just kind of looked at me like, what the hell? And then I jumped up, and I grabbed my cup of coffee you gave me, and they're all like, oh, my God, what's going on? And then your phone started ringing. <laughs> yes. And, I, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you were, uh, at the time, you were working at Pepsi, and you were... You were coming to the station as as the Pepsi driver too, I believe, right? I was coming at the time, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. At that time, I was still driving for Pepsi. Yeah. Before I started managing, yep. So, you know, who came to you with the idea uh, of doing this, where where you're going to get in the ring and and wrestle uh, an announcer? I believe that would have been Chris. He came up to me, kind of with the idea. He's like, "Hey, listen." With all this going on, because remember we had that match with the Jay Spade is what we yes. set it up with was that Jay Spade match. Yeah. Where if I beat Jay Spade, that you would fight me because you got tired of me harassing you. Yeah. But he came up to me, he told me, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start, you know, every match, you know what I mean? You're going to lose. Yeah. And then we're going to lead it up to you and Kevin Huntsberger. And I was like, oh, my God, that'd be freaking awesome. Okay. <laughs> I I always... That'd be awesome. Okay. I always want, I'm like, you know. Because I, you know, since then I've had a couple of, and I'm like, I'm always very hesitant. And, and Tyler, you know, is like, oh no, man, they, they want to do this. It's something they want to do. And I'm like, okay, you know, because I, I was like, I was skeptical because I'm like, you know, he doesn't want to get in there with me. But yeah, the whole story that, and that's what I liked about it is there was a story behind it. It wasn't just a, oh, throw him in there and let's do this and then move on. You know, we were building up to it that whole yeah. first season of, of the TV shows because you were on a losing streak of sorts and you were, you know, blaming it on me that you were distracted from the chair shot before everything started. And then, like you said, you had that match with Spade and, and ended up beating him to get the match. Yep. <laughs> so what, what you know, I, I remember, you know, in hindsight for me, what I would have done differently on my end of it is I would have pushed more to do some training or, or do something. I remember it was like after a show one night and the shows back then were so crazy because it was like set up. We were at black diamond Harley Davidson and we couldn't keep everything set up the way it is now with stride. And you could go and, and practice anytime. So 
when you had the ring set up and then it's showtime uh, after the show, I stuck around for a little bit and Ed and I did a little bit, you know, he showed me how to run the ropes and do a couple of things, but that was really about all I had done. Uh, mm-hmm. Were you at all concerned? Because I wasn't concerned that you were going to hurt me. My biggest concern was I was going to do something errant and end up hurting you in the process. Well, it's kind of like I knew how we had we were going to set the match up. Mm-hmm. So I was comfortable with everything that I would have been taking that yeah. I would have been able to protect myself on. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of guys that want to, hey, I'm going to flip off the rope three times and land on your chest. And, you know what I mean? You don't know mm-hmm. how he's going to land on you. Right. You've never seen him. Yeah. That's when I get worried about an untrained person. Yeah. But me and you had kind of talked yeah. over, you know what I mean, the basics of yeah. what we wanted to do. And I felt comfortable knowing that, okay, no matter what he does with this, I can protect myself. Yeah. And that's the big thing about being trained is it's not just you hurting someone else. It's you getting hurt by not falling the right way or, you know, doing the move the right way. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I was, I was pretty comfortable with what we had talked through and where we were going with it. I was I was pretty comfortable with it. Plus, I was excited because I thought it was going to be a pretty big, uh, pretty big pop from the crowd, which it turned out to be. Yeah, and that you know, the, the, the that night, of course, it was a it was a special recording of sorts. It was a DVD taping. This is back when DVDs were were a big deal. Uh, we had mm-hmm. special guests that had come in to wrestle um, El Generico and Pac and Colt Cabana and Matt Cross were there. Um, and I, I just remember before the show started, they had come in into the locker room and said, we're out of chairs. And some of my yeah. fraternity buddies had come down from St. Louis. They were up on the, the riser part. I remember looking out and seeing them. They didn't tell me they were, you know, so I, there yeah. was all this extra excitement now because now there's a big, big crowd here and yep. you know, we've got to go out there and do this. And there are, you know, I, I've gone back and I've watched the match before, and I remember things watching it, but, like, there are two things that are burned in my brain that happened during the match that I actually remember them in the match and not going back and watching it. And the first was, you know, that first bit of contact that we had, and you picked me up and body slammed me, and I left my eyes open. And when I did, and I don't know if it would have been better to close my eyes, but I remember the room just kind of spinning around and then I land and I was completely disoriented. Like I looked around and I was not sure which way I was supposed to go or anything, but you were so, I mean, I cannot tell you, like I knew, you know, because, you know, from my end too, that, you know, there are guys now in stride. Or even, you know, even after our match in AAPW, there were some guys that had approached me and they're like, well, I'd like to wrestle you. And, and they aren't trained or, you know, they weren't as trained. You yep. know, there were only a handful of guys that I'm like, I'm not getting in there with just, you know, like this has got to be the right person. And yep. I felt 100% safe. Um, and I can remember my wife and my kids and my kids at the time, my my oldest was 12. Um, <laughs> my middle kid was 10 and my daughter gosh, uh, was not even, or was six years old, I guess at the time. And of course she's bawling her eyes out. My wife said, um, but I, you know, I didn't tell anybody, um, what was going to happen. You know, I wanted everybody to be surprised and and to be genuine. And so I remember, um, 
my wife telling me afterward that, that she cried her eyes out. But uh, I, I know that your family was there and it, and it was such a fun night. But, you know, obviously uh, toward the end when J, when Jay Spade does come in, and, and this is the other part that I remember, uh, you know, obviously the the geeky little announcer is not going to beat this guy with, with all this experience. And so uh, Spade hits you with a chair. Ironically, yep. bringing it back full circle from the chair shot from from the TV show, um, or from the news program. He's gone too far. He's got a steel chair in the ring at the moment, and he's he's looking to do some serious damage to Kevin Huntsberg. And this is this is just too much. Chris, you need to get in there and stop this right now. What? Oh, look at look at the smile. Look at that smug look across the face of Mike Masters. Trying to make Kevin Huntsberger sweat. Trying to make Chris Hagstrom sweat. Chris, you need to end this. Get in there and stop this. You're the boss here. This is enough. Kevin Huntsberger has done what he said he was going to do, ladies and gentlemen. He's fulfilled the contract. He got in the ring. He gave us a good fight. But Kevin Huntsberger, you are not a wrestler. This is disgusting. This is appalling. This is, I mean, what a disgrace. And you can hear, ladies and gentlemen, the AAPW fans getting behind Kevin Huntsberger. Oh, his Mike Master slaps him back down to the canvas. Chris. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, Chris Hagstrom, my announced partner and executive producer of All-American Pro Wrestling, is just fired up on the outside. And from the back, oh, oh, here comes Jay Spade, ladies and gentlemen, as he folds up that steel chair. Oh, Mike Masters turns it. Oh! <laughs> Scrambled brains right there. Jay Spade slides up. Two, three. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. It is over. Does the fans go wild here? Kevin Huntsberger. Unbelievable. Kevin Huntsberger has won, ladies and gentlemen. Your winner! My God! And I remember them telling me, you know, when it's over, celebrate. You know, be hype. Jump on the uh, corners of the ropes and whatever. And I yeah. went up and climbed that first uh, turnbuckle. And I looked at my hand, and I had blood on my hand and on my pants. And I was like, that's weird. And I thought maybe I had busted, you know, I had a scab or something that I had busted open. And I came down, and Hagstrom grabbed me, raised my hand, and then he goes, we got to get out of here. And I'm like, what? And he pointed to you, and you were bleeding like a stuck pig. And <laughs> I I don't remember who it was, but somebody had, it might have been Poker Face, had come out to the ring and they were, you know, helping you get cleaned up. And you ended up, I, it was six staples in the head, right? Uh, six or seven, yeah. Wow. Yep. You know, and obviously it was it was just, you know, it was a mistake. It was an error. You know, no, nothing was meant by it by any means. Yeah, but no. what were the, did you have a concussion or anything after that? No, I mean, I, well, let me rephrase that. I don't know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> I may have. I'm sure yeah. I've had a few throughout the years. Yeah. Um, most of the time, I've never really got, you know, checked up on. I just kind of, you know, watch for the signs myself. Yeah. But, you know, that's not the first time I've had to get stitches or staples in the head. Yeah. But hopefully to be the last. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, uh, I just, it's just the way it goes. You know what I mean? It wasn't. Yeah, I didn't feel like I actually like it. Like I, the first time I ever got busted open, they were all worried about don't get up, don't get up. You're busted open bad. You're bleeding bad. And I wanted to get up so the crowd could see it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. That's to me. That's the thing. 
And I remember walking out, and I and I distinctly remember one fan saying, "Good for you! You got what you got. Got you got what you deserve, a hole." Oh my god! <laughs> and I just looked at him. I'm like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> As I'm walking away with a dirty rag on my head, trying to stop the blood from pouring out. Yeah. But yeah, they were all cheering and laughing at me and pointing. I mean, you could see a few that had concern, like you know, a few that have been to a lot of the shows. Yeah. And understand. But the ones that don't understand, like the ones that were waiting outside for me the day that I attacked that fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. People like that, they were laughing, saying, I got what I deserve. Good for you. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that's all part of the, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. That's the sign of being a good me. heel, I guess. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So. I just love it. What were what were your overall, you know, as we uh, went through the motions and stuff, and obviously, and, and the, the link to this match, you can watch it on, on YouTube. I have the link up on uh, the write-up for this podcast. But, um, you know, I, I loved it. And, you know, like I said, there were a couple things I would have done differently with, uh, you know, on my end as far as, as that goes. But were you overall, you know, because, again, you know, I, I sometimes forget, you know, this is wrestling and it is telling stories and whatnot. And you mm-hmm. losing to me didn't hurt you or your reputation as a badass. I don't think because you came back, I think it was the next show or the show after that and ended up winning the heavyweight championship from Ed. So, you know, you came out of it as, as well with, with uh, a big victory in the eyes of the fans and, you know, didn't miss a beat. I don't think. And, and again, I, I just thought it was a, it was a great experience for me, but I'm curious what you thought. To be honest, it's definitely in one of my top five favorite. Just the way it played out. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I wouldn't want you to be any more trained than what you were. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it brought more authenticity to the match. Yeah. Than if you came out and started hitting me with damn, you know, Frankensteiners and doing yeah. flips and, you know what I mean? That's true. That's They'd a good point. Like, this doesn't look like a TV anchor, news yeah. anchor. <laughs> right. That's a good point. You know, I think the way it played out, it played out perfectly. And the crowd was like eating out of our hands the entire match. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, you know, I, w- I would have uh, uh, ended it without you having to go to the hospital and, and get staples in <laughs> your head. It would have been a better result. ending, but hey, yeah, it, it panned out and it worked out good. And like I said, it's definitely in my top five from all the years I've done it just because of the crowd reaction to it. To me, that's that's what makes the match. I could go out there and I could hit every move I've ever ma- you know, ever tried. And I can feel like I've done great, but if the crowd doesn't blow up at the right times and explode at the end, then the whole match was a waste of time in my eyes. Yeah. And, and you know, that... so many people want to hit all these moves and, well, I've got to get my finisher. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. No BS. Let's tell a story and let's get the crowd eating our ever hands. And every time that you get the advantage on me, they blow up. That's a win. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that was a unique crowd, like we said, too, because, um, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, you obviously, when, when you go to independent wrestling shows, you have your core fans that are there, uh, month after month and, and there to support mm-hmm. it. But then, you know, you have, uh, a special show like this one where you have special guests and then you attract different wrestling fans. But then also, you know, like I said, my wife and kids who weren't usual wrestling fans and, you know, my coworkers and my fraternity buddies had come down. So it was just, you know, it, it really... Uh, it painted this perfect picture almost of, you know, and I, and I was very meticulous in 
you know, I wore white sweatpants that night or white, you know, jogging pants. And I yep. was very deliberate in picking out white because I wanted to give off that, uh, you know, that hero persona, if you will. Um, yeah. And, and those white pants, though, became bloodstained uh, pretty quick with, with uh, the blood of Mike Masters, <laughs> which I still, fun fact, have those pants to this day uh, tucked away. So I, I don't know why I saved it all, but... Um, it, it, again, it was it was a great memory, and, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, working with me and, and wanting to do that, and 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 being, you know, it really, because like I said, you know, I I've never been the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, the tough, certainly not the toughest, um, and I had always thought, you know, if I ever get involved with pro wrestling, and this was even before I ever thought about going into television, I always thought, you know, maybe I can be a manager or you know, do some work with a camera or something like on, on that side of it. Uh, yeah. And, you know, being the news anchor here for so many years and, and, you know, Chris reaching out to me and it, it just, everything kind of fell into place and it, and it, you know, I, I never in a million years when he asked me initially to, to commentate dreamed of being in the ring and, and wrestling. So it really, uh, you know, and then it opened the door to continue to do it a few more times with, with stride. So I appreciate you, uh, being that person and, and being that guy that, that helped open that door for me of sorts. Well, I'm glad I got to break your cherry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was taking a drink of water when you said that. I almost spit it out. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. And so, like we said, you know, after that, uh, you know, obviously I went back into the, the commentary role and, and you went on to win the AAPW championship. And then shortly after that, AAPW went away and, and, did you stop wrestling after that or did you, because you eventually came back in and, and did a, a, a little bit of work with stride and, and won the legacy title there, but had you done anything in between uh, AAPW's demise and, and stride and you're coming into stride? No, no. When I, when, when that went down, I kind of just gave it up for a while and, you know, was just figuring out, be done with it. And uh-huh. then the itch hit again and I called Heath and, He's like, absolutely, I could fit you in the card. Yeah. I was just going to go do a show or two for him. Yeah. You know, I'm like, hey, you got a room, you got room on the card? I, I think that's the exact text I sent him was, do you have room on the card for an old man? <laughs> and he says, absolutely, I do. What day? That's awesome. That's awesome. And I went and did that show and then went from there. Yeah, and, you and know. started running again. You did, and, and you uh, ended up winning the legacy title, like I said, and then uh-huh. you... Uh, you had a great program with him as well, him and his wife and, and Mikey, yep. the little boy who was at our match in 2012 is, is now this big football player who is in there and, and intimidating and, and keeping everybody out of the ring as, as you uh, attacked uh, Heath. It, it was, it was again, a, another <laughs> great story. And, and uh, you know, almost two years ago now uh, you decided to, to retire and, and, like you said, though, that itch, if, if it comes back, I'm sure there's always room on the roster for you. Well, I, I'm going to probably reveal something right now to you. Oh, yeah? <laughs> the itch is back. Uh, all right. I've been back at the gym for about a month and a half, two months now, and uh, trying to get back into shape and giving it about another month or two, and then I was planning on making a few phone calls. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. man. I'm old, not dead. That's right. Yes. Uh, Tyler always tells me he goes, cause I say, you know, that, that, that's it. I'm done. You know, he Curly and I teamed up, uh, last summer at, at rent one park 
And I said, yeah. you know, that, that's it. I, this is my, you know, I'm, I'm retiring. And he said, or actually after we lost the tag team titles and I said, um, you know, I, he goes, I want you to go out and do a speech. And I said, okay. I said, I'll just say, you know, I'm retiring and I'm going back to announcing and I'm going to, that's what I like to do. And he goes, no, 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 never say that you're retiring because if, if we decide that you're going back in there, you're going to go back in there. And I'll be damned if the next month I wasn't back in there at the Curly show uh, that we did the AAPW resurrection for. I think, was yep. that your, was that your return to stride or had you come back before? I think you were back before that, weren't you? Yeah, I was back a little before that. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Well, yeah, because I, I actually talked to him at a show, and I cannot think of where it is. I'm going to make up a name and say Harrisburg. Mm -hmm. I came and talked to Heath about everything going on with Curly. He said, yeah, I heard. And I said, it'd be nice if we could do something for him. And yeah. then he kind of took over from there being the promoter and all. So. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly hope that uh, we see you again uh, sooner rather than later. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you are. Uh, you've got the itch again because uh, I think you, uh, you know, wrestling or just being back there and being someone that these young guys can can talk to as well. You know, yeah, I, I see that with Axe Allward and Shane Rich is there now and uh, Roger Matt. You know, the guys that have been around a while are are passing that knowledge on to these younger guys, and I think that you would be a great asset in and getting in there and 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 helping the next generation of sorts as well. Well, absolutely. I appreciate that, sir. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up this week? Oh, God, no. All no. right. Well, uh, I, think, I think we touched everything. I, I like think it. we did. All right. Well, Mike well. Masters, the guest this week. Again, thank you so much for being a part of the show, Mike. And friends, thank you for listening. And we'll talk again very soon. See ya. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.